In the name of Jesus. Amen. Those who have ears to hear, let them hear. This sounds obvious and maybe pointless for Jesus to say, but there is an important truth here. And it is that some have ears to hear and some don't have ears to hear. Jesus preached to all, but not all heard him. Not everyone paid attention to him. Not everybody listened to what he said and then believed it and uh, they, they didn't take it to heart. Not everyone cared what, about what he said. <clears throat> you have to pay attention to this parable and in this parable to know that it's a parable about paying attention. Uh, you have to listen to the sermon, which is about listening to sermons, about listening to the word of God. It's, it's the, kind of the cyclical thing, but um, <clears throat> this is a reality that when the word is preached and it could be preached equally to all people, not everybody receives it in the same way. Some hear it and it takes root in their heart and others hear it and then it dies. And for some, it just doesn't even, uh, it just bounces off of their heart. Um, <clears throat> that's what this parable is about. Now, I don't know for sure. This is just guesswork. I don't know. I, I'm not... Again, this is just a guess, <clears throat> but I'm guessing that there are a handful of you that are hearing this, but maybe not listening to it or paying attention, uh, that you have ears to hear, but this is not getting through. Physically, you're here, you're present, or these people are here, they're present. Uh, not just here, but in any congregation throughout the world. They're physically there and present, but spiritually they are gone and they are checked out. They're not listening. Uh, the frustration here is that those who need to pay the most attention are not paying attention, right? Uh, but by the way, just a word of caution here. Don't try to figure out who these people are. Uh, <laughs> Don't look at your neighbor and try and say, oh, that's him or that's her. Uh, look at yourself. Are you paying attention? Because that's, that's what this parable is for. That's what the word is for. It's for you. Not for you to investigate your neighbor's heart. Look, investigate your own heart. Consider if you are listening and paying attention, if the word is getting to you. And if it is, then you will consider yourself. Do you see this? Now, Jesus speaks to all. Not everyone hears him. God's word is for all people, but it doesn't take root or remain in all people. And this is uh, what Jesus teaches in the parable of the sower. He says, there's a sower and that sower is Jesus. The seed is the word of God. The soil is your heart, your soul. <clears throat> this is a parable not only about how we get faith, that is, it's given to us, but it is a parable also about how we lose faith. How you can have it at one point and then fall away. The parable answers, this, this parable is answering the question, why do some people fall away? Why do some people believe for a time and then don't? Why, why is that the case? Why, are there, why is there such a category as ex-Christians or former Christians or the, the, the statement, I used to go to church? Why does that exist? Why, uh, why do we reject um, once saved, always saved? 
Well, it's because of what the scriptures say. They're very clear on this. The problem here is not the sower. Like he's not sowing enough seed. Like he's not generous enough. Or he's not working hard enough. The problem is not the seed. What is being communicated? What is being given? The words. That's not the problem. They're not defective. The problem is what? The soil. The heart. If, if the word does not take root, well then there is a problem not with the one who gave it, not with the thing that he gave, but with the one who received it, his heart. That's what this is showing. Jesus explains the Christian life with this analogy of, of dirt, of soil. Uh, four kinds of soil. There's three bad, there's one good. These are four situations that the Christian is in in his life. Now, I'll just take these up in order. The first one is the soil on the path. This soil is, is hard. It is tight. Uh, it, it's like concrete. It's been trampled upon, walked upon. It's on the path. It's like clay. It's like throwing seed on top of clay. It's just going to sit there on the surface. And then eventually the birds come and they just eat the seed. It does nothing there. This soil is what we would call a hardened heart. A heart that is uh, callous to the word. The seed just bounces off of the soil. The, the word of God preached in its purity and its truth and its beauty just bounces off of the heart. It doesn't enter in. How, now the question is, well, how do you get one of these? How do you get a hardened heart? How does that happen? Well, <clears throat> the scriptures are replete with examples on this. The hardened heart is impenitence. The way you harden your heart is you just stop repenting. Stop confessing your sins and then your heart will become stone again. And you do this by concealing your sin and not confessing it. You do this by knowing what is right and then doing deliberately the wrong thing. Fighting against uh, what you know to be true. Uh, it, it, you harden your heart through anger, uh, like Pharaoh did. <clears throat> this refusal to repent, to refusal to forgive, re refusal to reconcile. I think the most common way to harden your heart and end up like this soil is by holding a grudge. You hold a grudge in your heart, and over time, that is just going to get harder and harder, and your heart is going to become like a rock in, in, in your chest. And all of these things harden your heart. <clears throat> By the way, this is why I go through such great pains to urge and exhort and admonish you guys and all people to reconcile, to go to one another, to talk, to work things out, to repent and to forgive. Because if you don't, this will be you in just a matter of time. The hardened heart is a step, just one more step to total unbelief. If you stay this way, the word will sit on the surface of your heart and the devil will come at any time and he will snatch that word away from you once and for all. And then at that point, no amount of sermons or hymns or teaching or liturgy or visits or calls is going to get through. It's not going to get through to you. It's, it's like you have deaf ears, like you don't hear what is being said. This is a miserable condition. 
You will lose the faith. You will fall away. And it is the, and, and the worst part about it is this. <laughs> Not just that you'll lose the faith, but you won't even care anymore that you lost the faith. You won't even care. Heaven won't be a thing for you. You just wouldn't care about that. Hell doesn't threaten you. It doesn't scare you. Forgiveness of sins gives you no joy. Nothing. That's the condition that, that these are in. Uh, you won't care about that and you won't care about God. The heart then is hardened by worldly ideas and sinful thoughts and false teachers. When you're impenitent, uh, along with that, you're going to understand less and less. You're going to care less and less about God's word. You're going to learn less and less. You won't grow in the faith. You won't grow in learning and, and your understanding of God's word, the need for it, how important it is for your life, for your eternal life. Uh, will be gone. will be robbed of you. That's the first soil. <clears throat> the second soil is the rocky soil. The rocky soil is loose. It has gaps. Uh, there's no roots there or deep roots. This rocky soil is a shallow faith, a shallow heart, one with no roots and no depth. Um, the plant in this soil it grows up quickly, very fast. And it dies very fast. It's enthusiastic, but its excitement doesn't last. It ends. They, and and this, 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 is, this kind of heart is the heart that is joyful to be a Christian when it is joyful to be a Christian, when it's easy, when it is exciting, and when it is growing. But they don't hold out. They fade away whenever there is some conflict or persecution or something that requires their confession before the face of the world, that's something that brings any trouble or inconvenience, then this, this one withers away. By the way, <clears throat> you all are here at Zion at an extremely exciting time. This is our final service here in this room. And finally, for the first time in eight years, we will be in a sanctuary. Uh, we will be, yes, <laughs> um, we will be in a sanctuary dedicated for that very purpose, set apart uh, for the worship of God. And this is an exciting thing. It is very cool. You're also here at a time when there are many families, when there are many children running around and making noise. And that is a good thing. You want children, you want those noises in church. You want to hear babies cry. That means the church is growing. That is good. Uh, you're also here at a time when we have no debt. Um, for eight years, we labored under an extreme and very heavy debt. Uh, we are out of that now. Thanks be to God. But, and, and, and I'm not taking anything away from this. I'm not. This is all joyful and good, and we should be happy when, when God has given us these days. But I want you to know that this excitement will go away. One day, it's going to go away. And so, so, <clears throat> so will some of you with it. I can't predict what's, when a season of suffering or pain and heat or conflict will come. But when it does, the Bible says that when that comes, some of you will fall away with it. That is a shallow and weak faith that is delicate and fragile. It's holding on to an experience not anchored in the word of God. Many, <clears throat> th th this is the issue. There's a lot of good things happening, but if you're here for these things and these things then change, 
when those things go away, then those who were clinging to those things go away also. Do you see this? Many people will use their suffering as an occasion to abandon the church and the word of God. But you ought to use your suffering to, as a reason to go deeper into the word of God. When you are suffering, you don't pull away from the word of God. When things aren't going well, when there's conflict, when there's issues, you don't pull away from the church. That's the worst thing to do. You go deeper into the church. You go deeper into the word of God and you study it more and you take it to heart. These shallow roots are a warning to new and young Christians, to those who are new to the Lutheran church, those who are new to Zion even, those who are on, on fire for Jesus or whatever you would say. So that's what the shallow roots are or the rocky soil. But this third soil is a warning to old and mature Christians to seasoned Christians who have seen quite a bit in their life. Those who have been LCMS their whole life, or to say, I've heard it all before, I know it. This third soil is the soil that is surrounded and full of weeds and thorns. And what this is, is the heart that is choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life. That's it. Nothing violent, nothing crazy happened to it. It's just life. The normal things of life, the cares, the riches, the pleasures of life, they finally get to this heart. And it is slow. It is a very slow attack. It is imperceptible. It is gradual. It is, uh, it is a suffocation of faith. It is very slow. Little by little, you lose focus about what actually matters in life. And then you end up caring about more uh, the things that don't matter. Now, do you want to know what these weeds and thorns are? You want to know that? All right, good. I saw some of you nod your head. Good. Um, What you do is you take out your phone and you look at your calendar and you make a note of what is creeping into Sunday. All of the things surrounding Sunday and how they get closer and closer to that day, to Sunday morning even. You look at those things, see what's competing with coming to church or what's with competing with your rest so that you can come to church and be alert and pay attention. Uh, see what's competing on the, on the nights when you ought to be doing devotions. What's taking that place? Those things are the weeds. Those things are the thorns and they will creep closer and closer and closer to that, to take away and strangle away the faith that you have in God's word. So what are they? Um, Theme parks, Uh, sports like today, Uh, the beach, your phone and TV, friends, and family, and sleep, and all these things. Those things, left unchecked, they will then crowd out the little time you have set apart for God's word. And I've said this so often. Church takes one hour of 168 hours. That's 0.6% of your week. 
And these things, you, you have 99% of your week to do any of these things, and yet they still creep in on a Sunday morning and they take it away from you. Do you see this? You find out what it is. You, you look, it's, it's going to be different for all of you, but you find out what it is and you grab it and then you rip it out of your calendar and you say, no, you're not going to be here on Sunday morning. Fine, Sunday evening, fine, I don't care. Not Wednesday evening either. We have Lenten services coming up. Not in the evening when I'm with my children and I'm going to pray with them. I don't want anything to take that time. You, you, you have to tend the garden. You have to tend your, your life. These things that are creeping in and taking possession of the most important thing in your life. They're trying to rip it away. Uh, by the way, this is now a warning here to parents. <clears throat> so we have a lot of young families and uh, parents here. God gave you children to raise. And this is beautiful. And it, is the, the most, it is the greatest privilege in the world. It's a beautiful thing. So take your job seriously. You only have one chance to raise your children. One chance to raise them. Your kids are one once. And then they're two once. And three and five and ten once and eighteen once. And you only have eighteen church years with them in your home sitting with you. That is, you have 18 Christmases only. You have 18 Good Fridays, 18 Easter Sundays, 18 Holy Weeks. Don't leave them at home. They need this as much as you do. They need Jesus as much as you do. So don't teach them to skip church like it's unimportant. Fathers, your children do not do what you say. They don't do what you say. They do what you do. If you simply go to church with your kids each Sunday, you won't need to tell them to go to church with their kids on Sunday or to go to church. You just go. You take them. That's what you do. You're a Christian. You love Jesus. He loves you. The best place in the world for your children is in church right next to you. That's it. I cannot tell you how many people I have warned this way and they've ignored it. Or they skip one Sunday and then two and then months and years. And it is not an account of anything. Faith didn't die with a bang. There wasn't some traumatic event. It was simply weeds and thorns, the cares and pleasures and riches of this life. And it was over. Now, the fourth and final soil is this. It is the good soil. The good soil is soil that is not hardened. It's not, uh, there are no birds, there are no rocks, there are no weeds on it. And that is the heart with all debris cleared out. The weeds have been pulled and the ground has been broken. The good heart is this. The heart that has been broken by the law. When the law of God is preached and it impales you to the soul and points out your sins and you see, you hear these texts and you hear these things, say, I'm guilty of that. I've done that before. That's me. I'm that soil. I'm this soil. I'm that soil. That's going to be me. There's an issue here. <clears throat> but when the law of God is doing this, when it is preached 
to your heart and it is getting down to the very depths of your soul. Um, that is the good soil. It's the one who hears the word and holds it fast and takes the warnings seriously. So I want you to consider this, and this is how this parable works. If you are concerned, if you are concerned that you have lost the faith, then you have not lost the faith. If you're concerned that you're one of these three soils, then you are most certainly not one of those three soils, but you are the good soil. If you were the bad soil, one of these bad three soils, guess what? You wouldn't care. You wouldn't care if you were one of those three. If you lost the faith, then you wouldn't care that you lost the faith. This, this sermon wouldn't affect you. But if you're paying attention and you've heard what was said so far, I know that it's affected all of you. It's affected me in my own heart. And I'm preaching it. Um, Look, I, I know these warnings are scary and they're uncomfortable. And I know you don't, a lot of people don't like warnings and exhortations, but warnings are important. They are true and they are good for you. They're very good for you. Because warnings mean this. Warning means it's not too late. A warning means you still have time. Uh, imagine, imagine there's a guy who's, imagine there's a cliff right here and somebody's walking out here. Right? And they fall down the cliff. And I say, oh, watch out. <laughs> There's a step there. You missed it. It's too late. No, no amount of exhortation is going to help them. But if, if one of the children is going towards that door and there's a cliff right there, then we scream and shout and say, get away from there. You're going to fall. You're too close to the edge. You haven't fallen yet, but you are very, very close to it. Do you. Do you see this? This is what's going on here. Um, you don't warn those who have fallen off the cliff. You warn those who are too close to the edge, but they're still on the cliff. They're still there. If you heard these warnings, you're too close. If it's cutting you to the heart, you're too close to the edge, but you're still on the cliff. You still have faith. This parable is for Christians. And that means that this parable is for you. All of you, dear saints, this is for you. Look, uh, you, you would look at yourself and you would look at your own heart and say, look, I know I haven't listened as well as I should have. I haven't paid attention as well as I should have. I haven't come to church as well as I should have. But Jesus has now opened your ears this very day, this moment, to listen to the word of God in a way that you haven't ever listened to it before. And that is his work and his doing. You didn't come here planning to do this, but the Lord did it for you. He opened your hearts and your ears. And he says, to you, it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. It has been given. So hear the word, hear what he says, hear what he so clearly says, not only today, but also in this Lenten season. <clears throat> you hear that the Lord loves you. That there's no thing that would prevent him from coming to you and rescuing you. There's no pain that would deter him from that from spilling his blood for you, to forgive you all of your sins, to forgive you for not even paying attention to the forgiveness of sins. He forgives you even for that. And he forgives you time and time again for not listening, for, for uh, finding other things more enjoyable than his word. 
And he comes to you here once again and he wipes those sins away. He clears out the weeds and the rocks and he scatters away the birds and he takes his word and he implants it into your heart and soul so that you heard it here today, that the Lord loves you and that he cares for you this much. So you receive the very body and blood of Christ here today where Christ gives himself to you and he implants himself into your soul. So receive it with faith and repentance and joy. Listen to what he says about your forgiveness. Don't harden your heart. Let the word take root in you. Hear his word and hold it fast with an honest and a good heart. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.